Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. God bless you, and thank you for calling the Message of Christ Church. Our broadcast will be starting soon. Please remain on the line. This conference is being recorded. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life.
Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hello, hello to everyone, and welcome to our Bible study. This is the message of Christ Church. Amen. Praise God. Let me just go ahead and open up with the scripture on today, coming from Psalms 95. Amen. Praise God. I just want to open up with this scripture. Amen. Praise God. It kind of goes with our worship song that we just played, How Great Is Our God. Amen. Praise God. And as the Holy Spirit led me to Psalms 95, I just want to read, amen, uh, a couple of verses from that um, division of Psalms, the 95th division of Psalms. Amen. Praise God. And it says, Oh, come. Let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. Amen. For the Lord is a great God. And a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his. And he made it. And his hands form the dry land. Oh, come. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord of our maker for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand today if we will hear his voice hard not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness When your father tempted me, proved me, and saw my work, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. And to whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Amen. Praise God. And the word of the Lord is already blessed. Amen. Praise God. What a powerful scripture we just read in Psalms 95. Amen. Just a word of encouragement and just a great time to lift up God and to let the Almighty God know that He is great and He's worthy of the praise. Amen. So welcome again. Welcome to everyone that has tuned in to our Bible study, I pray that you have come today to hear a word of knowledge, to hear a word that will encourage you, amen, praise God, and just to hear a word, amen, praise God, from the Holy Word of God. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. So 
We do thank God for all of our broadcast listeners. Amen. Praise God. You you come to the broadcast. You're faithful to coming to this broadcast, and we just want to say thank you. Thank you. If at any time um, you desire your prayer, give us a call at 312-600-7729. Amen. Praise God. And please leave a message when you call the prayer line. One of our prayer intercessors will get back to you as soon as possible. And once again, thank you for calling our prayer line. Amen. Praise God. We're going to go ahead and just get into the word today. I know that you came seeking the Lord today. I know that you came expecting God, amen, praise God, to do something for you. So we want to hear what God has to say to us in the word of God today, amen, praise God. So we want to anoint our ears right now and pray that we will hear what the Spirit has to say to us for today. And we want to open up our hearts that we will receive the word of God and be doers of the word of God. Amen. Praise God. So let's uh, touch and agree together and let's pray. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you on this precious and wonderful day that you've given us, God, to study your word. Father, we thank you for your word, O God, bringing to us wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Father, as we come together to study your word, God, we're praying Right now, O oh God, that you will give us a mind, O oh God, that will be like Christ. Father, touch our minds today. Give us a peace today. Give us understanding of your word today as we walk by faith and not by sight. Father, we thank you today, God, for hearing our prayers. And as we come before you, O oh God, we just ask that you Look upon every person that is on this call today, every household, God, that is on the broadcast today. And we want, we ask you, Lord God, to wrap your loving arms of protection around them, that they will be protected at all times. Father, we just praise you and magnify you. We glorify you and give you praise. We want to thank you again, oh God, for touching us, oh God, and allowing us, God, to see a brand new day. Father, we ask you today, O oh God, to heal, save, and deliver. We ask you, O oh God, today, O oh God, to look upon your people right now, God, those that are going through hard times, those that are discouraged, O oh God, and those that are lost. We ask you today, O oh God, to give direction. Father, we ask you today, O oh God, for your saving power, to fall upon those that is not saved, ask God that you will hear our prayer requests, O oh God, today concerning those loved ones that are not saved. We pray, God, that they will come to know you, God, before they leave the face of this earth. We ask you, God, to continue to bless and lead us, Lord God, and we thank you and we praise you and we give you glory. And we ask all of these blessings in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen, amen, and praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. This is the message of Christ Church, and I am your host for today. My name is Pastor Sylvia Staples. I am the senior pastor 
of the Message of Christ Church, and we are located in the city of Chicago. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And we are just so blessed and honored, amen, to be able to give you the Word of God on today. It's a blessing to be able to speak the Word of God, and we thank you for tuning into this broadcast and hearing what God has to say, amen, to you through the Message of Christ Church. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's go ahead and get into the Word of God. How many hungry people do we have here on the broadcast today that are hungry for God? You're seeking more of God. You just are in love with God like never before. And we want to keep you connected to the true vine through the Word of God on today. Amen. Praise God. And we have a very powerful word today. Amen. All of God's word is powerful and it's quick. Amen. Praise God. So let's go ahead and do some reading. Amen. On today, we want you to grab your Bibles. Amen. Praise God. And we're going to be reading from the word of God today. Amen. Praise God. And our scriptures for today for our Bible study. Amen. Praise God. It's going to be coming from the book of Micah, Micah, the sixth chapter, verses three through eight. That's Micah, the sixth chapter, verses three through eight. Micah, the sixth chapter, verses three through eight. And also we're going to read Deuteronomy, the tenth chapter, verses twelve through twenty-two. Amen. Praise God. Again, we're going to read Micah, the sixth chapter, verses 3 through 8, and then we're going to read Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter, verses 12 through 22. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let us begin reading in the book of Micah, the sixth chapter of Micah, and the third verse. O my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servant. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted and what Balaam the son of Beor answered him from Shittim unto Gilgal, that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I get my firstborn for my transgressions? The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Amen. I just read to you. Micah, the sixth chapter, verses six through eight. And now we're going to begin reading Deuteronomy, the tenth chapter, 
verses 22 through verses 12 through 22. Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter, 12 through 22. 12 through 22. Let's start reading. It reads, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy God. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord thy God, the earth also with all that therein. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. He does execute the judgment of the fatherless and widow, and loveth the stranger in giving him food and raiment. Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Thou shalt fear the Lord thou God, him shall thy serve, and to him shall thy cleave, and swear by his name. He is thy praise, and he is thy God that has done for thee great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. Thy fathers went down into Egypt with three scores and ten persons, and now the Lord thy God has made thee as the stars of heaven for a multitude. Amen. I just read to you Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter, verses 12 through 22. Hallelujah. And now, let's go back to our lesson, and we're going to be looking at Micah, the 6th chapter, verses 3 through 8. And um, our topic for our Bible study for today is what the Lord requires. What the Lord requires. Do you know what God requires of you to be pleasing to him? Have you went before God in prayer and just simply asked God concerning your character, your reputation? Have you went before the Lord and said, God, I just come to you and I just want to ask you, what is it that you require of me? What is it that you have for me to do? Hallelujah. This is the season that we must come to God and ask the Lord God to search us and to ask God, what is it that you require of me, God? What is it that God is trying to get out of you? Some of you probably feel the Lord tugging on you and pulling you, and you keep ending up in the same place. God is requiring something of you. 
So we're going to look at our lesson today in Micah, the 6th chapter, verses 3 through 8. And we're just going to see exactly what the Lord is requiring in the body of Christ. Amen. Praise God. So in this lesson, God is going to remind the people what he requires. And also he's going to give examples of three ways of God honoring the life of Micah. And we're going to look at those in our Bible study for today. And we also want to just examine ourselves and see if we are walking just before the Lord, if we are loving and showing mercy. Um, do we, are we humble in our walk? So let's just begin to search ourselves to see where we are because we do not want to continue to walk in the same era as our forefathers did. We don't want to continue to repeat things that God is not pleased with. So this is a great word that is going to uh, point directly to you. Each and every person needs to look at themselves and not anyone else. God is requiring something of you, and unless he gets that thing out of you, you're going to continue to see the same Thing over and over again but when you rise up to the place where you have conquered some things you've grown out of some things you've put away some foolish things and now you are at the place where you are able to um, receive what God is requiring of you amen a lot of times people are not ready to hear the truth they're not ready to hear God say that I am requiring your bad attitude I am requiring your lustful mind. I'm requiring you to give those things up. God wants us to give up those things that are not pleasing to him. So what is it that God is requiring of you? Everybody, amen, praise God, needs to search themselves in this season so that when it's time to transfer and walk in your new season and uh, to get into your wealthy place, your promised land, amen, praise God, you won't go in half clean. You won't go in um, lukewarm, amen, praise God. So we want you to prepare yourself to be on fire for God, walking in holiness, love, amen, praise God, and ready to give yourself away to God. Hey, glory to God, give yourself away to God. Amen. Praise God. So we're looking at Micah. Micah. Micah, amen, again, is speaking to the people. Amen. Praise God. And so we're going to just go right down and see what Micah has to say. Amen to the people. Amen. Praise God. Um, Micah is being used by the Lord God to speak to the people at this time. And we're going to see here what God has to say through the prophets. Amen. Praise God. God speaking through the prophets in this season. And prophets, please be obedient to what God is saying to you in this season. Amen. 
praise God. So let's go on and let's just begin to look at verse 3. Let's look at verse 3 where it says, O my people, what have I done unto thee, and wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. Amen. That's verse number 3. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So as we look here in Micah, the 6th chapter, verses 3. We're going to look at verse 3 again. In this scripture, we see that God is asking the people a question. He's saying here, Oh, my people, what have I done unto thee? This is Micah speaking to the people on behalf of God. And the scene that is presented to the people is a scene of a courtroom. He's challenging the people to plead their case. But it's so amazing that God is using the mountains and the hills as witnesses. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And so God is so awesome. Amen. Praise God. So he's, he's presenting a question to the people. And he's saying, oh, my people, what have I done unto thee? Um, because the people that God has chosen to be his special people have risen up against God as if they are an enemy to God. My God. So you have to understand that this is what the Bible says. Let me get the scripture. Amen. See, the word of God teaches us that when you are against God, you are an enemy to God. And so we have to understand that when we enter into sin, we become as if we are in the world. And when you do that, this is what the scripture says. I want to read to you James, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse. James, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse. And allow me to read various translations so that you get a better understanding. But James, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse says, Ye adulterers and adulteress, know ye not that the friendship of the world is intimate with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Amen? Another translation says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is into me with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Amen. Let's do a few more translations and then we will expound on the lesson. It says here in another translation, you unfaithful people, do you not know that friendship with the world means Intimate with God, therefore, 
Whoever is bent or being friendly with the world makes himself an enemy to God. Amen. And that's well said. Anytime you turn from the goodness of the Lord, anytime you turn from someone that is loving you, providing for you, bringing forth salvation in your family, someone that is always there for you, you become an enemy. This is These are the things that God is doing for his people. You will not find anybody in this world that can love you like God can, that will do for you like God is doing and will continue to do. You will not find people in this world that will provide for you, that can heal you, and that can bring forth salvation in your family. So the people here in the Word of God were seeking the love from other surrounding kings and nations. Sometimes, let me tell you this, and this is just something prophetic that God gave me. I hear in my spirit that the grass is not greener on the other side. It looks greener. It looks better. It looks like it's going to be what you are looking for. But let me tell somebody, stay with God. Stay with God. So he's challenging the people right here. He's challenging the people. He's challenging the people today. He's saying, come back to your first love. What have I done unto thee? God has not done anything, and he will not do anything bad to anybody. But let me tell you something. Sometimes people don't like good. People do not like people to treat them good. The children of Israel had some bad habits. They had some strong connections to the enemy that when they were in Egypt, they could not let go of the abuse. They could not let go of the wrong ways that they were being treated. They wanted to keep running back to the world. They wanted to keep running back to other nations, and they wanted to be treated a certain way. They did not receive the love that God has for them. And that's the problem that we're having today in the body of Christ. We need to know what real love is. When God brings you out of something, don't go back. And don't be deceived thinking that somebody or something is going to give you what God, more than what God has been giving you. This is what the children of Israel thought. And so they found themselves being punished because of their sin of turning away from God. So God says, I need to address this matter. You have risen up against me as if you are the enemy. God is not the enemy. He's the one that's going to be there for you. And so he asked them two questions. 
Is there something I have done to cause you to turn against me? Amen. Praise God. God wants to know. He's, he's thinking, did I do something that I'm not aware of? Am I treating you like you were treated in Egypt? See, sometimes people can come out of some things. And, 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 and that's why we need to make sure that we're not running back to the same things that we were once in. It might be new people, but the same treatment is going to come out if you are not delivered from the hurt and the pain. And see, the children of Israel had a problem in giving themselves to the Lord. He was requiring all of them. And they did not want to give all of themselves to the Lord. They wanted what God had for them. They wanted the land flowing with milk and honey. They wanted the prosperity and the good health. But they did not want to obey God. You must obey God. Don't let anybody prophesy to you and tell you that you're going to eat the good of the land and you are living a lifestyle of sin. God does not work that way. You must repent. And this is what he's trying to get the people to see. And so God began to ask the question because he wanted um, to see where he had fallen short. He knew that he had not fallen short. But God always puts it out there and he wants to see the response of the people. What did I do wrong? Amen. Praise God. And you know what? As I'm speaking to you right now about this lesson, some of you as parents are asking yourself the same question when you look at your children that refuse to do what you have taught them to do. You are saying to yourself, what did I do wrong? And I come to let you know today, parents, whether you are natural parents or uh, foster parents or godparents or whatever part you played in your child's life, if your child chooses or your children choose to go and live as the world. That is not your fault. Because here it is. The thing is, people have the right to make choices. You have been the best parent that you could have been based on what you knew how to raise your child. But See, this is what the Bible says, and I'm, I'm going to give you scripture today because I want you to be encouraged because this is a powerful, powerful, powerful lesson today. Amen. Praise God. This lesson today and our theme for today, amen, is um, glory to God. Our theme for today is what the Lord requires. 
what the Lord requires. Uh, God is going to require something of your children that you cannot give. There's, there comes a time where you cannot answer for your children anymore. Amen. They must answer for themselves. But as you stand waiting on the timing of God to fall in their life, notice I said the timing. There is a timing and there is a season. As you wait, you will see the salvation of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Stand still. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. And that's the same thing with the children of Israel. He brought before them and he said, what have I done? What did I do? Amen. Praise God. He wanted to open up their understanding. He was not uh, admitting that he did anything wrong, but he wanted to know the response of the people. You'll be surprised how many people are, are blaming your goodness for their wrong. Did you get what I said? There are some people... Amen. Praise God that will never, ever look at the good that you have done. And God was good to them. You know God was good to them because he's good to you. He didn't have any fault. He didn't do anything wrong. People just need to be delivered. People need to come real with God. Either you're going to be saved or you're not going to be saved. And so that's what he's saying. What have I done? I've offered you the promised land. I've offered you salvation, eternal life. I've offered to love you unconditionally. But you choose to run to other people and other things that were only going to be temporary and 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 not real. And none of these things that you are running to can ever be what I am and who I am to you. Amen. Praise God. So parents are asking themselves questions. You're looking at your child's behavior and you're saying what did I do wrong? What, what, what did I do? You did the best that you could do. Some people can only train the children in the way that they know. And then God requires children to seek for understanding and knowledge on how to be better. See, the Bible says, here's the scripture. See, in Proverbs 22 and 6, this is what it says. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, train. First of all, you have trained your child. And I, I'm still on the lesson because, see, this is what God do for us. When we become saved, he begins to train us. He begins to teach us about his unconditional love, he begins to show us his mercy and his grace. Uh, uh, he begins to lead us in the pathway of righteousness for his name's sake through the Holy Spirit. He does all of this just like a parent does. He trains us up in the way that we should go. And so here the Bible says, and when he is old, he will not depart. When we get of 
maturity. See, some of us are not mature enough to handle the 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 guidance of somebody that is is treating us in such a loving way. Because some some people are, are used to being abused, physical, mentally, emotionally. Some people are. Are, are are not used to somebody loving them when they say they're going to love them. A lot of people are used to people saying that they love them but treat them a different way. And so when people get saved, they bring that same mentality over into Christianity. They have the same mindset that, yeah, Jesus only loved me because he wants something. Amen, because that's what the last person did. They loved you. They said they loved you in order to get something. And see, God has unconditional love. Amen. He's not looking for nothing. He, You can't give God anything. He has everything. All he requires of you is your life. Obedience. Somebody needs to hear me today. He requires. What is the Lord requiring of you? Obedience. That's what he's requiring of the children of Israel. Obedience. So you train up a child. God is training up a nation of people in the way that they should go. He had the prophets to teach them. He had people like Moses to lead them. Joshua to lead them. He had great leaders, people that followed the commands of God. They still went astray. It doesn't matter. It has no reflection of you. And even pastors, let me say this, pastors and leaders and uh, uh, apostles and bishops and evangelists and prophets and teachers, listen, once you have given the people the truth of God's word, you are not accountable for what they do with the word of God. When you preach the word of God and put it out there into the atmosphere, into their ears and into their hearts, you're not responsible if they do not walk in obedience. A lot of pastors are blaming themselves just like parents. I don't know what's wrong with these people. I'm teaching the word. I'm preaching the the truth of God's word. I'm living holy before them. But yet and still, they still end up in adultery. They still end up in fornication. They still lie. They still cheat. They still go out and, and, and loosely live their lifestyles, gambling and uh, going out and uh, doing all types of evil things. They gossip. They lie. They backbite. Amen. But they come to church. Amen. Every time the doors are open, giving God praise. Amen. Everybody in the house of God is not going to do right. This is what this, is what this lesson is about. God's requiring something of you. God's requiring you to hear and do. See, the children of Israel were, were listening. They were hearing. They were there. They had, they had direct contact with God. God spoke to them. Amen. He led them by a, 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 a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They saw the manifestation of God. 
just like you see the manifestation of God. God is still manifesting himself. Hey, glory to God. He's still manifesting himself. Yes, he is. Glory to God. He showed up. He did miracles. He healed and he saved. But yet the people still did not want to serve him 100%. My, my, my. Something's wrong when you don't want to be with a man or a woman that loves you unconditionally. That means that you got something that you need to be delivered of. When you don't recognize the goodness of somebody and you choose to go to the bad or go to the other versus the good that is in your life, God is requiring something of you. Amen? Praise God. So let's get on with this lesson. It says here, and so I want parents and pastors and leaders and, and those that are mentoring people to be encouraged. Be encouraged. And so this is the case of the children of Israel. The Heavenly Father asked the question, what have I done unto thee? Amen. And God is not asking this question because he lacks information. He's asking the question for the benefit of the, of the children of Israel. God has not failed them. He will never fail. He cannot fail. He has blessed abundantly. He said in his word that he provided for them as they were in the wilderness for those 40 years. Their, their clothes did not uh, grow old or get raggedy. They had shoes that didn't have holes in them. For 40 years, you're going to wear the same clothing and the same shoes, and they don't wear out. Don't tell me that that's not a good God that is able to keep clothes on your back in the wilderness. Somebody's right there right now in the wilderness, and God is keeping you. Don't you dare turn your back on the faithful God when you come out. He's requiring something of somebody. Somebody has tasted the goodness of the Lord, and you have turned your back on the Lord. Get back to the threshing floor. Get back to the place where you're praying and giving God the glory like you used to. He's requiring of you. Whoo, glory to God. Don't think that you can make it without the Lord. You can't make it without the Lord. The same way you came out through your praise, through speaking the word of God in season and out of season, is the same thing you're going to have to keep doing when you come out. Do not neglect the Lord. He said you will curse yourself. That's the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Let me read that scripture for you also. Amen. Praise God. Turn your Bibles to uh, Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, and let's begin reading at the 15th verse. See, this is the consequence of disobedience. And he's trying to get the people to see that 
If you disobey God, it's not God's fault that you disobey God. See, some of you are allowing the enemy to get you in a place of disobedience because you are not waiting on the Lord. The children of Israel had a spirit of being impatient. They wanted things right now. They had God right there all the time. He, he was a very present help in the time of trouble, just like he is today. He's right there in the midst of your trials and your tribulations. It may feel like he's not, he's not there, but he's there. And so when trouble would come, they would run to the other gods and to the other nations, and they wanted to be treated like the other people at all times, even when they were wrong. And so they wanted things. They were spoiled. Some of us are spoiled. We don't like the waiting season. But the Bible says, For they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew your strength, and you shall be mounted upon the wings as an eagle. You shall begin to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Wait on the Lord. Don't try to be like anybody else. You don't know how long they had to wait before they got what they got. Come on. Waiting on the Lord always pays off. So here, in Deuteronomy, those of you that would like to follow me in the Word, Deuteronomy 28, this is what happens when you're disobedient. Deuteronomy 28 and 15 says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Let me just read a little bit of how you will be cursed if you turn away from the Lord. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Curse shall be thy basket and thy store. Curse shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of, their, of thy sheep. Curse shall thy be when thou comest in, and curse shall thy be when thy goest out. The 20th verse says, The Lord... The Lord God Almighty shall send upon thee curses, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thy hand unto for to do, until thou be destroyed and until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Now, he's talking to the children of Israel. He's not talking to the, the sinner man in the world. Amen. Praise God. He's talking to his children. He's talking to the ones that say that they are saved. He's talking to the ones that go to church all the time and worship him but have turned their backs on him. Yes, yes, yes. This is the consequence of disobedience. Amen. Praise God. Just like there is a... Blessing for those that are obedient. There is the consequence of those that are disobedient. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Go back and read Deuteronomy 28. 
amen, on the blessings and the cursings of God. Because people are always so quick to to fall out and shout when you're talking about the blessings, but when it comes to the curses of God, people turn their ears. They don't want to hear that. They sometimes say that's negative talk. It's not negative talk. That's why you're not being blessed. You need to know what God requires of you in order to be blessed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So here God is pleading before the children of Israel. He asked them a question. Amen. Praise God. And um, he wanted to deal with his children. They were the sons and the daughters of God. So let's look at verses 4 and 5. For I brought thee out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servants. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Amen. Praise God. And the fifth verse says, O my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Shittim unto Gilgal, that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. Amen. For I brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And we kind of talked about this um, just briefly, how sometimes you can bring people out of places and relationships. You can move people out of uh, neighborhoods that are infested with drugs and alcohol and place them in beautiful neighborhoods, but they will still act like they are still in the same place. They will have character. They will say the things that they used to say. And so people have to constantly give those things to the Lord in order to be able to live in the place where God has for you. You have to transform. You have to leave the old things behind and uh, receive the new things that God has for you. Old things, the Bible says, are passed away and all things become new. Amen. When you come out of Egypt, when you come away from bad lifestyles and bad relationships, you have to leave the, the things that you did in those relationships uh, right where they stopped. You have to bury them. You can't bring them in. And I hear so often people that are getting into new relationships and new uh, meeting new people, whether it's a business relationship or a uh, relationship where you're going to be married to someone or someone that you have married. I hear so often people saying, uh, don't bring the old relationship into the new relationship. Don't uh, uh, try to bring the things that another person did to you into this relationship. So that's how the children of Israel were. They were constantly bringing the things of Egypt into the relationship. They were trying to hold on to some things that were in Egypt because th their minds had not been transformed yet to know that they can let go of the old and receive the new. And so they were holding on to the old just in case God mistreated them. Amen. They did not know how to trust God. That's another problem that 
we have in the body of Christ, we don't trust God fully. Amen. Praise God. We are not trusting God fully. Amen. Praise God. We have to be able to trust God. Amen. Praise God. And know, amen, praise God, that he, again, he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Amen. They they needed to trust God and they, that was a problem that they had. He says, I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of servants. And so, um, you know, the children of Israel were, were, had a spirit of weariness. We have to get rid of that spirit of weariness. Um, God says, I have removed the weariness by redeeming you. I redeemed you. Amen? So when a person is redeemed, it implies a ransom has been paid to secure the people's freedom. I made it possible for you to be free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're no longer bound. That ransom, the death of the Egyptian firstborn, I allowed you to celebrate the Passover. You passed over. God brought you out. You remember your day of deliverance? They had forgotten. So often we forget about what God did when we became saved. That was a great deliverance that he did, amen, in your life, amen. You could not have saved yourself. You could not have delivered your family. You could not have come out of the lifestyle that you used to live if it had not been for God. He redeemed you. He made it possible. He sent his son. His son died on the cross, amen. He shed his blood so that you could have the right to the tree of life. So you have been redeemed. You are free. You are free. You are free. Stop putting yourself back in bondage. So as Micah spoke to the people, he brought to their remembrance all that God has done. Sometimes you just need to remember, and it will bring you right back into salvation. Sometimes you just need to remember where you came from. Not going back, but just remember. See, the children of Israel, they remembered, and then they went back in their minds. They didn't actually go back to Egypt, but their minds kept going back. They, they, kept, they wanted to live the way that they were living in Egypt, but they wanted God. You can't serve two masters. You're going to either love one or hate the other. And so when you try to do what the world is doing and live like the world is living and then still go to church or uh, still talk about God uh, is good in your life, a perfect example, I was um, in a place the other day. I was sitting there um, in this waiting area waiting for a person that I needed to speak with. And so as I was sitting there, um, a lady came in and, you know, she was sitting. She had brought a, a person in and the person uh, had left the room. And so she was sitting there on her phone and she was ministering to somebody. Now, I had my head down because I was reading something um, that I had brought in. I was reading something. So I never really looked up at her, but I could hear what she was saying because she was sitting quite close to me. 
And so she was ministering to this person, and she was saying, oh, don't let the devil get you down and rebuke that, and God is good in your life, and uh, get up and, and shake it off and keep moving. She was encouraging somebody, and I don't know what she was saying from word to word because I don't really remember. But after that, she hung her phone up, and she got on another conversation. I perceived she was talking to her girlfriend or somebody, and almost every word that came out of her mouth was a curse word. And I said, oh, my God. See, we bless God, you know, and then we turn around and start cursing. But then we just told somebody that God is good and the devil is a liar and don't you let the devil steal your joy. We just ministered to somebody and then this person turned around and was saying, I can't wait to get off of this blank, blank job and I'm so tired of them blank people and, you know, this person was going on and on and on. But you had just used that same tongue to encourage somebody and to tell somebody about God and how that you can't wait to go to church and pray and praise. And then you got right off of that conversation into another conversation and began to curse. That's how people do. And they, they think that God accepts it because they go to church. Going to church does not save you and going to church does not make you right before God. But living... Living the way that the Bible says gives you a place with God that will bless you in the city and bless you in the field. God will be pleased with you and he will bless your life. Amen? But I thought that was a good example of what we're talking about today because this is what the children of Israel did. They blessed God. They went to the sanctuary and praised him. Then when they got out, they were over there doing what the people in the world were doing. They were running to the prostitution places. They were living all kinds of lifestyles of abomination. They were drinking, having orgies. And they, they were saying that they belong to God. Something's wrong with that picture. And so God was coming to them and he's saying, what have I done? What have I done? And he hadn't done anything. He treated them in a way that they will never be treated. That's what you're getting right now. But some of you refuse to give yourself. He's requiring something of you. What do you need to give to God? What is it that he wants? He wants all of you. The songwriter says, I give myself away so you can use me. That's what he wants. He wants you to give yourself away so that he can use you. He can't use you if you're being used by the world, by the enemy, and by your flesh. He can't use you. Amen? So the Lord begins to just um, say to the children of Israel, I redeemed you out of the house of the servants. I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. You know, he's giving examples here. Um, Moses, Aaron, and, and Miriam. They were 
instrumental in the deliverance of the people. And I just mentioned that a little while ago. Some of you have had pastors and leaders, apostles and bishops and prophets and evangelists that have walked you through, held you by the hand, prayed you through deliverance. Amen? Have slayed you on the floor and rolled with you. Amen? And per helped you to purge and get rid of the old. They, they were there for you. But you still choose to worship the world. You still choose to live a way that God is not pleased. Um, these people that <clears throat> was used in deliverance, Moses, you know, Aaron, they had some things going on, but you know, they continue to repent. 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 Learn to repent quickly. Don't stay where you are. Amen. They served the Lord faithfully for years. Uh, the Bible says over 17 years. You know, they lived longer in the Bible days. Amen. They ate healthier. They practiced and did what God told them to do as far as taking care of themselves. So they lived longer. And we have the same right. We can live longer. Amen. Praise God. If we exercise, eat right, live right, like the Bible says, God promised us long life. Amen. But they were faithful to the service that they were called to do. Amen. And so he went down to say, Oh, my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted. And what Balaam, the son of Boar, answered him from Shittim and to Gilgal. So the Lord continued to um, give more examples of his faithfulness. Um, he indicates here, and you can read in Numbers, the 22nd chapter, and, and the, 20, the 22nd chapter through the 24th chapter of Numbers. Uh, Balak, the king of Moab, had observed the Israelites on their way to the promised land. And so he was thinking that they were going to be a threat to his kingdom. So he contracted the services of Baal. You remember that story. Baal was the son of Beor, and he wanted Balaam to curse the children of Israel. But Baal was guided by the Lord to bless the people instead. See, God, God is so good to us. There are people that the enemy has sent to curse you. But because you have been faithful to God, they were not able to curse you. The Bible says you cannot curse what God has blessed. And if you are God's people, and if you are walking up right before the Lord, some of you are working jobs right now, whether it's your business. And let me just prophesy to some people right now. Some of you are in some places right now that you know that the enemy's been trying to curse you. But God has blessed you instead. You know that. You know that the job that you want is a blessing. You know that the income that you have is a blessing. You know that the clothes that you have on your back is a blessing. Well, you, you, you should have been in worse places than you are right now. Some of you have received 
eviction notices, but you're not worried about it. God is going to bless you. Don't look at everything as a as something bad. Just because you got evicted or just because they fired you does not mean a bad thing. Let me tell you something. When doors close, whoo, glory to God. When doors close, you better get ready. If you have been faithful to God, you better get ready for something big and large to happen. When you walk out of that, I told you that God was closing doors. But you didn't expect the job to let you go. God's closing doors. You didn't expect the business to close up. God is closing doors. Why? Because God has a new thing for you. A new thing. A new thing. See, sometimes we have so much going on in the places where we are. God has to shift us to something new. We didn't know how to walk out of it. We didn't know how to get out of it. Sometimes we think that things are good when they're not meant to be. Amen. Praise God. So God will close or allow that thing to close up to shift you on to bigger, better, and larger. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So don't think it's a bad thing because things are closing in your life. Amen. Praise God. Because, again, when things close, big things open. If I hear the Lord saying that um, your prayer has been, oh, Lord, increase my coast, as um, the word of God says. Amen. Praise God. And so as you pray that prayer, Amen. Praise God. Lord, increase my coast. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Just as um, Jabaz did, as you as you have prayed your prayer, Lord, increase my coast, and then doors begin to start closing, and you said, God, I ask you to increase my coast. How, how is it that I'm going to increase and I'm getting evicted or... How is it that I'm going to increase and they just let me go on the job? How is it that I'm going to increase when I can't even find a job? Let me tell you something. Your footsteps are anointed. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You hear me? Your steps are ordered by the Lord. God did not want you to stop where you are. Some of you have put up a stop sign, and this is where you're going to stop. No, get that stop sign up. Take it up. Amen. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, put up the sign that says freeway, highway, because you're going to be moving just like the freeway and the highway. Amen. Praise God. There's not going to be any stop signs. You don't see any stop signs on the expressway. You don't see any stop signs on the highway. That means that you're going at the speed that God wants you to go. Amen. You're going to be accelerating in the spirit realm and moving in the spirit realm. You are now on the freeway. Amen. Praise God. See, once you get on the freeway, notice that when you're getting onto the freeway, you are leaving the, the places where there are stop signs and there are um, stop lights and traffic signals. None of that is on the, you have lost, left those areas. God is now putting you on the freeway and the highway. And he's moving you rapidly. And you're getting ready to get off and exit and go back into the place where God has for you to be. Amen. So that was just a prophetic word for somebody 
that feels like they are in a place right now um, where things are not moving. So we have to remember here that no one can curse what God has blessed. Some of you are feeling like you're cursed because of the goodness that you're doing. That's not God. God says you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field if you keep the commandments of the Lord. But see, Balaam, Balaam could not bless, could not curse the people of God, so he blessed them instead. Let me say this, and I'm going to go on in the lesson. Some of your enemies are going to try to curse you. Some things are going to try to curse you. But guess what? In the midst of them coming to try to curse you. Woo, somebody better get ready and shout. In the midst of them getting ready to try to come against you. They're going to be directed by the Holy Ghost to bless you instead. All callers are unmuted. See, this is the commitment of God to protect his people from the enemy. All callers are muted. Hallelujah. And so, glory to God, yes, 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 right there is where you need to shout. And so here, the phrase from Shittim to Gilgal um, highlights something else that the Lord wants his people to remember. Okay? He's bringing to their remembrance now. Sometimes when you get out of the will of God, you just need to get things back into your remembrance. Just remember how good God has been. Amen. Just remember, just remember, just remember. Sometimes you need to just sit and remember what God has done and who God is in your life. So Shittim was the final place where the Israelites camped east of the Jordan River before crossing over into Canaan. Amen. See, Gilgal was the place where the people camped after crossing the river. So between the two locations was where the Lord miraculously parted the river, which was at flood stage. Some of you are at the flood stage, and you're between the two rivers. Glory to God. Shittim was the final place where the Israelites camped east of the Jordan River before they crossed over into Canaan. They were between two locations where the Lord miraculously parted the river. You are at the river right now. Don't allow the enemy to bag you into sin. Stand at the river. And watch God do a, a miraculous parting of the water. He allowed the people to cross on dry land. And you are going to cross on dry land. Don't allow the enemy to back you into the corner. Stay there and face the water and command the water to be parted. Amen. So the purpose of giving the children of Israel the history is so that the people that Michael was speaking to would know the righteousness of the Lord and remember the righteousness of the Lord. The people had been wearied. They were, again, they were worried about some things because, let me say this, just because you are saved does not mean that you're not going to have problems. The children of Israel ran into all kinds of problems. 
God had promised them the promised land. And so they were attacked on every hand trying to get to the promise. And so sometimes when people are attacked and, and the enemy's coming up against people and demonic forces are coming up against people and all type of evilness and, and falseness is being said against you, amen, praise God, uh, 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 you will get weary. You will get weary. And so um, he was trying to tell them, don't worry about it. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. And sometimes when people are being attacked, they turn from God. They, In other words, they work it out on their own understanding. They begin to lean to their own understanding because they either get fearful, they get impatient, and they want to come out of the situation fast. So they work it out instead of waiting on God to work it out. And that's when you leave the Lord, amen, praise God, and cause curses to come up on you. Amen, praise God. So um, they were weary, uh, and, and they, were, they were not accepting love at this time. They felt that they needed something else. Amen, praise God. You better receive the love of God. Love, the Bible says love conquers all. Whoo, glory to God, my God. You better receive the love of God in your times of going through. That love will bring you through. So love is powerful in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so let's move on. So the Lord um, was just giving them a history. Michael was just speaking to them and giving them a history of the righteousness of God. Amen. Praise God. But they were still wearied about some things. And so uh, God has always been righteous. And he wanted them to see that. He was just bringing back to their remembrance, I have been righteous. Even in your times when you faced the river, I parted the river. Amen. Praise God. So just think back on your last trial that you went through and see how God brought you out. You were worried about it. You were concerned. Amen. You were fearful. You had doubt. But God brought you out. He brought you out. Amen. So when you worry about things, you open up the door to sin and rebelliousness. Amen. So the people that Michael was talking to, um, as I was reading in my commentary, it said that no one in Micah's audience had been brought up out of Egypt and redeemed from slavery personally. None of the people that Micah was speaking to had been led by Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Neither had any of these people journeyed from Shittim to Gilgal. But he wanted to speak to them about the events that were a part of Israel's history. And how the God who provided all that guidance and blessings is now um, speaking to the people concerning their sins. So, no other history and no other nation has the history that God's people have. Because only God can do what has been done in the lives of the people. And so sometimes 
you need to hear the testimony of other people to be encouraged in your life. And that's what Micah did. He he told them the testimonies of their forefathers about how God brought them out of Egypt and brought them across the Red Sea. Amen. Praise God to encourage those that were listening to Micah that the same God that brought your forefathers out can bring you out too. Amen. Testimonies are powerful. Testimonies are powerful. The scripture says, amen, praise God concerning testimony. Let me read it. Amen, praise God. If you would turn with me to Revelations 12 and 11, Revelation 12 and 11, and the scripture says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. Let me go back to the first part. It says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. We quote that scripture all the time. And so this is what Micah is saying to the people. You might not have been brought out of Egypt, but I have a testimony of those that have been. And the same God that brought them out is the same God that can bring you out. Uh, uh, God has testimonies all around this world. You are not the only one that's sick. You're not the only one that has lost a job. You're not the only one that have children that are running all around being disobedient. You're not the only one that has a marriage that is falling apart. God has testimonies of people that can testify to you right now and tell you what God did in their lives concerning what you are going through. Your testimony, amen, has already been written, amen, praise God, in somebody else's life. Somebody else, amen, praise God, might not have gone through, amen, praise God, exactly what you went through, but they have been in similar situations where God has brought them out, and they can speak to you and testify to you and tell you of the goodness of the Lord to encourage you and to keep you in your right mind that you will not sin against God. There is power in your testimony. There is power, amen, praise God, in you telling about the goodness of the Lord. Amen, praise God. It will keep somebody, amen, praise God, from turning, amen, away from the goodness of the Lord. My God, in the name of Jesus. So Micah said, I got to tell you something. Amen, praise God. You're thinking that it has not been done. Amen. Some of you are thinking that what you are in Nobody else has been through. God has somebody, amen, that lost their job on Friday, amen, and started a business on Monday, and now they are billionaires. God has some people, amen, praise God, that were mistreated on the job on Friday, and when they got to the job on Monday, they were offered triple pay and double pay in the spirit. Come on, somebody. God has some people, amen, praise God, that have went all the way to the courthouse to get divorced. And in the midst of getting ready to walk through the divorce court doors, they looked at one another and said, we're not going to do this. We're going to stay together. Ah, my Shonda. God has people, amen, glory to God, that has looked at their children in and out of trouble, amen, disrespectful, amen, praise God, hallelujah.
hallelujah, and woke up one day and saw their child on their face praying or got a call from their child saying, I want to be saved. I want to go to the house of God with you. I know what you have been telling me. Don't tell me that God is not able to do it. There are witnesses all around this world, testimonies, testimonies, testimonies. So there is no reason for you to see it's in God's word that he can do it. He has his word in the mouth of his people that he has done it and he can do it. Amen. Praise God. And so Micah is speaking to them and he's saying, what you're going through, God has already worked it out. He did it for your forefathers and he's going to do it for you. So even though they had not been redeemed from the slavery out of Egypt, they need to hear about those that had been Amen. Praise God. So, Micah is talking to the people about how they have walked away from God. And he's saying, don't forget the glorious things that God has done in your life and for those that have come up before you. God requires obedience and humbleness in our lives. God is not trying to be a taskmaster. He's not mistreating us. Glory to God. God does not lie to us. And so he, Michael was trying to get the people to take a good hard look at themselves. You cannot blame anybody else for your disobedience. Although people people are used by the enemy and used by their flesh to do things to get you to be disobedient, circumstances come in your life, they're only trying to get you to be disobedient, but you react to it. You are the one that walks in disobedient, not the thing that came into your life. You had to react to it. So if you react to it and turn against God, that is not God. That is you. You can't blame God and say God is not faithful because you walked away from God. Amen. And so this is what the children of Israel were doing. They were in hard times, and so they turned away from God. And even God wants to deal with your complaining. Amen. Let's go on down to verses 6 and 8. Amen. And he's asking another question here. He says, Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Amen. So here the people are responding. Amen. God is requiring something of them. And so after they have their ways, amen, and saw Micah was, was showing them how they had turned away from the Lord. Sometimes people seem to think that they are doing right when they're doing wrong, amen. Sometimes people seem to think that God is accepting them in such a sinful way, and that's why we have to preach the Word of God and teach the people that God is not pleased with sin, and sin leads to death, and sin is disobedience, so that people won't think that just because I came to church 
I can keep sinning and God will be pleased with me because I gave an offering. God is not pleased with you. He's not pleased with you when you do sin and then do righteousness. You either need to do one or the other. Amen. You're going to be for the devil or you're going to be for God. Amen. Praise God. So uh, it, it, it's time for the people of God to answer. What will your answer be? It's time for the people of God to respond to what God is charging them of. So today we are standing before the courtroom of the holy throne of God, and he's, he's, he's charging you. He's charging you of some things. You know what God is charging you of. You know, uh, only you know. Amen, praise God, because sometimes you can fool people, but you can't fool God. So you know what you are bringing to the courtroom today as you stand before God and you're being charged with some things. Um, God is questioning the people. Amen. And here the people uh, are asking questions of themselves. And so Micah is just um, leading the people in the courtroom. And um, now he has the people in a place where uh, they are questioning themselves and they're saying, what does God really want from me? And so that's the question today. What does God really want from those who should desire to please him? What does God want from you? And so there are certain uh, ways for you to prepare yourself before you come before the Lord in worship. Oh, glory to God. Their worship is so powerful. Worship is so powerful. Amen. When you come before the Lord in worship and in prayer, just know that every time you come before the Lord, give the Lord yourself. Tell the Lord, here am I. I give myself to you. I give all of my sins. And begin to name your sins one by one. You know what you're doing wrong. Don't go there, you know, just saying, God, I've been sinning. You know, call it out. Call it out. God, e even if you have complained, God, I have complained against you. God, I have thought wrong against you. I thought that you couldn't do it. God, I even became angry in my heart because I felt like I'm doing so much in the kingdom of God and feel like you're not blessing me. Be honest with how you think. Be honest with how, with, with the things that you are doing in your life. Okay? Amen. So we need to prepare ourselves to come before the Lord in worship. And that's why I have a problem with people that just run into the church and uh, just get in, just come late to church and just jump right into the service. Worship is so important. Get to church on time. Get in when things are starting in the worship. That's when you pour yourself out before the Lord. We jump right into church. We come in. We haven't repented. We haven't prayed. We haven't worshiped. We haven't adored God. And here we are asking, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You haven't even worshiped him. Take the time out to pour out the old stuff in you, the hurt and the pain, and then come and Worship God. Worship God. Get to the worship service. Get to the part of the service where you're exalting God and lifting him up and asking him to search your heart. Worship. 
It's important. It's important. Stop neglecting yourself. You're getting half of what God has for you when you miss worship. So they said, shall I come before him with burnt offerings with calf of a year old? Amen. Praise God. And so um, the um, these offerings um, that the children of Israel are asking about the burnt offerings, um, these offerings were to be made each morning and evening for all of Israel. And you can read that in Exodus 29, 38 through 43, and Numbers 28, verses 1 through 8. Again, that's Exodus 29. You can read about how they brought their offerings to the Lord. Amen. Praise God and the things that God required. That's why they referred to this burnt offering, because these were the things that they brought to the Lord when they had sinned against the Lord or needed to repent of something or just to bless the Lord. So there's there's things that they brought to uh, get themselves back into a place of right standing with God. And so uh, this is what God is requiring of us, just to worship him and repentance. Bring everything that you have done to the Lord and lay it there and repent and repent. Tell God you're sorry and this is your sacrifice to the Lord. I give and give yourself back to God. Amen. So um, the requirement was daily. They would bring two lambs of the first year without spot. Um, you can read that in Numbers 28 and 3. Calves of a year old would be even more valuable. So that's why they mention a calf of a year old. So these were the things that they would bring again um, to um, be forgiven of sin. So two burnt offerings are to be brought on each Sabbath. And these are a lot of things that you can read about, about the special feast days. Uh, and then they would bring burnt offerings as an expression of devotion to the Lord. You can read that in Leviticus 1, verses 1 and 3. Amen. Praise God. And we bring our offerings to the Lord, and um, we have all our unforgiveness in our hearts. God is not pleased with that. And so we have to, again, search ourselves before we start giving. When you give yourself to God, you are saying, God, take the old out of me and let me walk in new. You don't go back when you leave the altar or when you leave prayer in the same thing. You work on doing better. You work on being free of whatever it is that you were doing. Amen. And sometimes it might require you going back and back and back until you are completely uh, delivered. Um, because we hold on to things. We hide things in our hearts and we try to keep them hidden so that if just in case God don't come through, I have a ram in the bush. Amen. Praise God. God doesn't work that way. God wants to bring our ram in the bush. God wants to provide for us. We want to trust God for what he has for us, not for what we're hiding in our hearts. Because whatever you're hiding is part of the old sin nature. Amen. Praise God. And you want God uh, to only have things that are pure and holy in your life. And that, re and that means that you 
must be 100% clean before the Lord, purified before the Lord, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Ask, the, ask God to wash you, to wash you daily. Amen. Praise God. So, um, in the seventh verse, it went on to say, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? So the questions continue about offerings uh, on how they could increase. And, um, you know, God was impressed. <laughs> Uh, uh, God was looking at them in such a way that they're they're willing to give, but but see, God is not impressed with numbers. Uh, they started to put numbers on on things. Uh, um, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? Will He be pleased with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for transgression? They begin to put numbers on things. God is not concerned about the amount that you give. He's concerned about the heart that you give it in. And some people think, well, if I give $100, I'll get that house. If your heart is not right and your lifestyle is not clean before the Lord, you will not get from the Lord. I mean, you can get it on your own. if you, you know, We can get anything we want if we have the money, if we have the resources. You can get it. But it's so much better if it's from God than you getting it. Amen. Praise God. You don't have to put a dollar amount on what God, you, you can put one dollar. I remember a lady sending the ministry one dollar one time, and she turned around and, and, and wrote me a letter, amen, that she was blessed so tremendously, amen, praise God. She was, she was uh, in, a, in a hard place at the time, and a dollar was all she had, and she gave that dollar, she, she sent it in, and it cost her a dollar and, and some change because she had to buy a stamp. She said she had to even uh, scuff up the money to get the stamp. Amen. Praise God. But she sent that dollar to the ministry, and about a month later, she called me or wrote me a letter with a powerful, powerful testimony and explained to me the dollar that she sent, amen, is all that she had. But God told her to sow that into the ministry. She was seeking the Lord for something. She received uh, what she uh was seeking the Lord for and more, and then she turned around and blessed the ministry, amen, with the more that she got. See, that's how you continue to be blessed, because some people will give and they'll be blessed, and then they won't come back and bless. Amen? Praise God. But she did the right thing. She didn't put any numbers on it. And don't get me wrong, people, don't start don't start um, listening to what I'm saying and start sending dollars to ministries. Amen. Those are rare situations where people just don't have. And so those of you that do have, give what you have, but make sure it's from the heart. See, a lot of you uh, get your money ready before offering time. You already know you're going to put $5 in because you put that $5 away before you left home. So you got your $5 stuffed on the side and say, this is what I'm going to give. Amen. Praise God. But see, when you, when you, when you put a dollar amount on it, you did not seek the Lord. You did not seek the Lord. You just reached in there, got it, put it to the side, and you left the $20 for McDonald's later. Amen. Praise God. And so we can't put dollar amounts on things. We need to we need to seek the Lord about what we are to give each and every time we are to give. Amen. Don't look at what you have to give, but pray and ask the Lord what should you give. Amen. Praise God. And he will direct you. 
So they begin to put a, a dollar amount. Should I give this amount? Should I give this amount? Uh, uh, you know, God was not impressed with numbers. So um, they even talked about the oil, uh, you know, 10,000 rivers of oil. You know, they, 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 they thought that God was impressed because they had big things to give. Amen. So, um, you know, uh, uh, Micah just began to listen to the people. Amen. Praise God. And um, here it says that um, the children of Israel, and I'm going to get to this whole one moment, and we're going to get the reading here of what they were doing. And so these people were so mixed up in religion and mixed up in the pagan practices that were around them they were offering things that were not the re- that were not of God. Uh, uh, they said, "Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression?" You know, I was reading here that um, there was a great practice of child sacrifice in the various pagan religions that the children of Israel were associated with. So they were uh, mixing the paganism of giving their children for transgression uh, for God to be pleased with. And so the Old Testament describes this practice as a part of part of <clears throat> pagan worship, um, sacrificing your children, burning your children. And you can read that in Leviticus 18 and 21, 2 Kings 23 and 10, and Jeremiah 19 and 5. So sacrificing the burning of your children was such a practice which was strictly forbidden by God. And you can read that in Deuteronomy 12 and 31 and Deuteronomy 18 and 10. Amen. So we say things that are not of God. They, they were so wrapped up in the pagan religion that they were asking God. They were presenting the pagan pagan way of worshiping to God. Shall we give our firstborn for my transgression? Shall we burn our firstborn? Glory to God. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Some of us are getting too much of the wrong things, teachings, false teachings in us that when we're praying, we're asking God concerning the falseness of the wrong teachings that we are getting. We have to be careful what we're hearing, careful of what we're doing and what we're asking God to be pleased with. Let's go on. Amen. And and the eighth verse, amen, we're going to go down to the eighth verse now, and I believe that we're getting to an end of our lesson here. The eighth verse says here, He has shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? My, my, my. See, Micah's, the people that Micah was speaking to already knows the answer to what God is pleased with. He had shown them. But he was asking a question to get them to think about what they had walked away from. 
People don't like to hear the wrongs that they have done. So they continue to make excuses to stay where they are. They were, they wanted to do something, give something, instead of repenting. They wanted to give something, and even though they did these things in the Law of Moses, it says that in the Law of Moses that no one is to come before God empty-handed. And you can read that in Exodus 23 and 15. And so that's why they were, it was their practice to bring something before the Lord. But they also knew that just bringing something would not make them free of sin, from sin, unless their heart was right. So, uh, bringing things uh, was not the primary requirement from God. But the heart. See, this is what God wanted. Micah's statement of what God ultimately ultimately desires. God doesn't care anything about your money. Amen. Praise God. He has all the money on the face of this earth. So some of us think that we can just come and give money and everything will be right. All right. No, God is requiring much more than money from you. Amen. So Micah was saying to the people, and he's compelling to the people, and he's saying this is what God is requiring of you, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Woo, Jesus. That's all. See, God doesn't require a whole lot. Like the young people say, you're doing too much. Some of us are doing too much and not doing the right thing. Whew, glory to God. So, this is a powerful lesson. God just wants us to love, be humble. And continue to love the Lord with all of your heart, mind, and soul. Um, I just looked at something here and I want to read this. It says, in Amos, the fifth chapter and the 21st verse, I believe. And also you can read Amos 5 and 24. It says, I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. See, these feasts that the children of Israel were practicing and doing all of these feasts, they were not what God was calling for. They did these things to make themselves look like they were giving something and honoring God, and it was a, just a form, a form of holiness. 
You know, sometimes we have special events where we're doing things and we say that we're honoring God, but it's only to make us look big or to make us look like we're doing something when all we need to do is love God, be humble before Him, give ourselves to Him. And He says that He has already redeemed us, but He will continue to wash us and make us clean. If we cease to do evil and learn to do well, amen, praise God, God, amen, praise God, will bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this is the lesson for today. This is the lesson for today. What does God require of you? What does God require of you? As you're seeking the Lord to be blessed, amen, as you are transitioning from the old to the new, Amen. Praise God. Get rid of the old. Get rid of the old and continue to stay before the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And seek the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Concerning what he requires of you. Amen. God is requiring something. He wants something. He wanted something from the children of Israel and he wants something from you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So, Micah, Micah was speaking to the people, and they had access to the knowledge of what God wanted. Amen. They needed to seek the Lord on how to do the right thing. They chose to be the way that they were. They ignored God, and they continued to live the way that they wanted to live. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So let me go ahead and pray for you. Amen. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. Father, right now, may, may the challenges of Micah 6 and 8 be in our hearts today. Let it be more than just a slogan, God, but let it be something that we walk in. Help us to hide the word of God in our heart that we will not sin against God. Deal with our hearts, God, as we come repenting today, as we come pouring out, oh God, the things that you require of us, God. We come giving ourselves to you on today. Help us each and every day, O oh God, to walk upright before you and to live the way that you have called for us to live. Repent, 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 and come before the Lord today with a clean heart and be righteous before God that you will walk in the blessings and not the curses. We thank you for this word today, God. And we ask, Lord God, that you open up our minds, God, to receive your word, God, that we may be obedient to you and love you, God. We pray right now for all leaders that are speaking your word, that they will continue to speak the truth, that the people will not only hear, but do. And we thank you and we ask all these blessings in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray, amen, and thank God. God bless everybody. Listen, I pray that you have been blessed today by the Word of God. The Word of God today is saying that God requires something of you. So seek the Lord and ask the Lord, what is it that you require? And after this Holy Spirit has spoken to you and revealed to you what God requires of you to give up, then give it up that you may be able to walk in the land that is flowing with milk and honey. Amen. You have been listening to the Message of Christ Church, and I am Pastor Sylvia Staples. I'm the senior pastor of the Message of Christ Church, and we are located in the city of Chicago, Illinois. 
Amen. Continue to join us. We are on our broadcast Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central Time. Amen. We are also on our broadcast every Monday evening at 7 o'clock p.m. And the host is Evangelist Betty Howard of the Message of Christ Church. And you can listen to each and every one of our intercessors on the broadcast, 6 a.m. broadcast, Monday through Friday. Amen. Praise God. Join us also uh, every first Friday of the month. We are having midnight prayer every first Friday of the month. Join us for midnight prayer. And every Sunday at 8 o'clock a.m. for our Bible study. Amen. If you desire prayer, call us. Amen. Praise God. We have a 24-hour prayer line. That number is 312-600-7729. That's 312-600-7729. Amen. Please leave a message when you call the prayer line. We are only returning calls to those that leave a message on the prayer line. Amen. Last but not least, listen, I need each and every one of you to get one of the anointed prayer shawls. They are going fast. They are beautiful. Amen. Praise God. Please place your order today. Amen. Praise God. You can go to my Facebook page to see some of the prayer shawls that I have posted under Sylvia Staples. Amen. Listen, call us and order today. 312-600-7729 or you can text us and order. Somebody will get back to you. Amen. To get more information from you. Amen. Concerning your order or you can email us at messageofchrist at Yahoo. Com. Amen. They are anointed and they are beautiful and you need to get one of those anointed prayer shawls. If you don't need one, please get one for your family members, for your first lady, for your pastor, for someone that is sick, someone that is going through, friends, families, co-workers. Get one and just bless somebody with one of these prayer shawls. Amen. Praise God. Listen, I love you. Amen. Praise God. I look to hear your voices on our 6 a.m. mega prayer. Amen. Glory to God. If you have been blessed today, amen, please sow a seed into our ministry. Go to our website, messageofchrist.net, messageofchrist.net, and sow a financial seed into this prosperous ministry. Amen. Glory to God, glory to God, amen, and I thank God for you, and once again, we love you here at the Message of Christ Church, God bless you, God bless you, have a blessed and wonderful day, and at this time, our broadcast is now over, God bless you, and goodbye.
Your conference recording has stopped. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.